Welcome to the CPA Success Podcast, helping you be more successful at work and in your life. We profile topics and speakers that are influential in your world. Here are your hosts, Jen Nicholson and Blair Cook. Welcome back to the CPA Success Podcast. My name is Blair Cook. And I'm Jen Nicholson. Today, we have Salvatore Badali with us. Salvador is a partner in the not-for-profit and public sector practice at Odgers Bernstein. Salvador is heavily involved in his community and a recipient of the Queen's Golden Jubilee Medal and the Lieutenant Governor's Distinguished Service Award for service to the community. It's pretty impressive. And today he's going to talk to us about how CPAs can position themselves to get on boards. Let's listen in. Welcome to the CPA Success Podcast, helping you be more successful at work and life. Many of our listeners are on boards of directors, maybe their local church, their child's hockey league, a nonprofit that they are passionate about, or a public company board. And many of our listeners want to make the leap from nonprofit volunteer work to prestigious paid public company boards. I know I'm one of those. Today, we are speaking with Sal Badali, an FCPA, FCA, and a partner in Toronto's office of Odgers Bernstein. Right, we, could, we didn't want to make it too easy to spell or say. <laughs> that, one, that one is tough to say. He specializes in executive and board searches and is going to talk to us today about some of the myths and realities of getting on a board. Welcome, Sal, and thank you for joining us today. My pleasure. Uh, tell us a little bit more about yourself and your background. Well, uh, as, as you mentioned, I'm an FC, FCA, CPA sort of thing. And I, um, I did you know, my requisite year or two of audit and tax and the like. And ultimately, I went up to government. I spent some time in government and then went into management consulting in a big, big CA firm and um, got involved with boards personally, joined a number of boards, moved into executive search and um, continued to specialize in it. And the rest is history. There you go. What's the first board that you were on? Oh, the first, yeah, I do. The first board I was on, believe it or not, was the Gardner Museum in Toronto, which is across the street from the Royal Ontario Museum. Which you're now quite involved with. Very involved. 40 years worth of involvement at the wow. Royal Ontario Museum. I was, I was sent as a ROM appointee to the Gardner board. And then ultimately, there was a vacancy on the, Gardner, on the ROM board, and I joined it. And uh, the rest, as you say, is history. Great. Excellent. And what are some other high-profile boards you've been on? Well, so right now I'm on the board of Canada World Youth, which is a multimillion-dollar NGO out of Ottawa. does amazing work around the world and here in Canada. The board of uh, an enterprise called Ballet Jorgen, which is the third or fourth largest ballet company in Canada. I've actually seen one of their performances. And in, in the Maritimes, do a lot of work, do a lot of work right across the country. As a matter of fact, the only ballet company that, that works in every province and territory. I've been on the board of uh, Sunnybrook Hospital here in Toronto. I chaired the board of the Orthopedic and Arthritic Hospital at one time. And so that's what I do. Needless to say, you have a lot of experience on boards. It's, um, you know, you get, you get so much out of it. I mean, you make, hopefully you make a contribution to the community, et cetera, but it's, it's a very worthwhile experience. Absolutely. So today you're going to talk uh, at the Conference for Audit Committees about how to get on a board yes. and some of the myths and realities about that. So what are some of the myths about getting on a board? Well, uh, you know, there are, there are a number of myths. First and foremost, a lot of people in our profession, highly accomplished, they say, well, it's going to be no problem for me to get on a board. I'm highly accomplished. It doesn't work that way. You have to, you have to work at it. We can get into some of that. Search, uh, other myths, search firms like my own, 
we do most of the board searches, or we do searches for, for most boards. That's not true. There, there is a, well, we'd like to do more. Uh, there's a, I'll call it almost an old boys network, a networking community, et cetera. And you have to network to get on a board. You don't, you don't go to one place, post a shingle and say, I'm ready for a board, and, and it happens, no matter how accomplished you are. Now, you talk about the old boys network. Yes. And I think that does still exist. It does exist. Now, it's not necessarily old boys, like males, but it's it's a who's you, who you know situation, if you will. So, you know, more and more today, and fortunately, boards are more diverse with more women, et cetera, and that's, that's a very good thing. But many boards, particularly in private sector, as opposed to public sector nonprofit boards, use their own networking right. to, to bring people on. And that old adage, of a feather flock together is, I think, somewhat true. Now, um, that is a good point. The birds of a feather flock together. But we do hear so much about the lack of diversity on boards. And uh, do you see that changing at all? It's changing dramatically in the past few years, especially. And it's changing more so in the public sector and non, uh, non-profit boards. Very, very conscious of it. The private sector boards, the corporate boards, are conscious, but not to the same degree. We've seen movement, changes are taking place, but often on, for example, Crown Corporation boards, there's an order from, say, the minister responsible for the Crown Corporation that the board must be diverse. And they actually will say to the chair of the board or whoever, the governance committee, I want a diverse board. And that means, you know, women, visible minorities, et cetera. And so, so I imagine... Another five years or so, 10 years, we'll see, you know, a very, very high degree of diversity among all our boards in Canada. We've seen it. It's, it's starting. It's made good progress. In some areas, the progress has been painfully slow, but it's coming along. Excellent. I know there's been talk about legislating that in, that there has to be diversity, but do you think that is a good idea or that it's better to just happen? To I'm, I'm a mixed mind on that. I understand the rationale for diversity. In fact, when I was chair of the board of the Royal Ontario Museum, we had a very diverse board, and it was a great thing. It, was, it, it brought so much diversity, is probably the wrong word, over, overused, but so much diversity to the board. It was, it was wonderful. So I like the fact that we have that. On the other hand, I don't love the fact that it has to be mandated because you want talented people. There are talented people of all, of all kinds without government necessarily having to say thou shalt. On the other hand, if boards, um, if particularly corporate boards, don't wake up to the reality of this, governments may find themselves forced to impose rules. So I, I, would, I would much rather us as a society just go and look for the best people available. And believe me, many people come from diverse backgrounds. Excellent. How important is specific director education on getting on a board? I, I get asked that question very frequently. And, and my answer is as follows. If you want to be a better director, if you want to be well-informed, knowledgeable, truly contributing, the director education programs, and there are several of them across the country, are excellent. On the other hand, if you're taking those courses, which tend to be somewhat expensive, are, because yeah. you think you're coming out and you're going to be sought after as a board member, that's not the case. So that is one of those myths as well. It, it, is, it is a big myth. You'll be a better director, you're a better contributor if you take a course, if you're, if you're educated, just like in anything else. But it's not a guarantee that you're going to be on the kind of board you want to be on. 
That's good information. What do you look for when you are searching for board members? Well, first and foremost is is competence. Functional competence, uh, for example, very important subject matter knowledge. If it's a particular industry, if it's a nonprofit, you want somebody who's been invested in the community before. If it's a charitable type board, somebody who's ideally prepared to give money or open doors to those who who can give because the needs of the country are are vast. So there, there are a number of things that we look for. How should our listeners position themselves for board appointments? I would say the first thing is to make it a conscious effort to say, I want to be on a board and go after it. In other words, it's almost like a job search. Very similar to that. You want to start networking. You want to do your research. You want to position yourself. It's it's really no different. How do you make the leap from the local boards, as I mentioned, to a uh, actual paying gig with a public company. Well, that, that's hard. Yeah, no, it's it, and it's <laughs> and it's difficult. There are those who say, particularly in our profession, that come out and they say, "Well, you know, I'm a partner in a big firm. You know, I'm ready for one of these uh, high-paying." Uh, director positions. And our clients, for example, will say to us, well, have they ever been on a board before? They know what it's like. So I suggest start small, start on the the local nonprofits, whatever, smaller companies and get some experience, network like crazy, speak to the big um, and even the not so big firms like our own, make sure that your resumes are with us because we're asked to look for people. We like to have the resumes of competent people in our databases. What are some of the hot skills that are required today? Well, today, certainly certainly accounting and finance skills are in demand. They always have been. Do you have to play the role of the treasurer all the time if you're in... no, no, you, you, no, you don't. Although, if you do have a financial background, there's often the thought, well, you should be on the audit committee or maybe chair of the audit committee or whatever. Exactly, yeah. But boards are looking for people with a breadth of experience that can contribute in so many ways. Yes, you're a perhaps a CPA, but you do have views about marketing or you have views about strategic planning or exactly. HR issues. Boards don't look or good boards, that is, don't look to their members just to be pigeonholed in one particular area. Yes, they want that expertise, specialized expertise, but they want people that can contribute overall. That's great information. And we'll finish up with, uh, if you can give us three success tips to help our listeners get on boards. I guess three tips. Um, First, Figure out what kind of board you want to be on. Where do you want to make a contribution? Where are you passionate? What are you passionate about? Uh, Secondly, do your research. What kind of board do you want to be on? Well, I've just talked about that. Uh, you know, who else is on the boards? Who do you know? What do they do? You, your your reputation is going to follow you, and the board you get on is going to have a reputation, and that's going to reflect on you. So you'll want to do that. Right. And so then you may also not want the board that you could be. There are certain boards for. that that you do not want to be on. Okay, okay. what are want, some of the issues there? What kinds of things? Well, for example, le- legal issues, reputational issues, for sure. The, those those would be the two big ones. And then I think the other thing that you want to do is is actively network. You want to search. And I mentioned it before. You want to search for a board position, just as if you were searching for a job. Excellent. Thank you for listening to the CPA Success Podcast. This podcast is brought to you by the Chartered Professional Accountants of Canada. Visit www.cpacanada forward slash podcast 